From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday, the 14th of December, 2022. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through why Denmark has a new government. This isn't the only thing happening in the world, though, so we'll also run through three of today's other important stories. But first, what's happening in Denmark? It's been one and a half months since Denmark went to the polls and voted in a snap general election. On Tuesday night, Prime Minister Met Fredriksson announced that an agreement on forming a coalition government had been reached, bringing an end to six weeks of negotiations, which broke the Danish record for the amount of time needed to form a government. Unsurprisingly, Met Fredriksson will remain as Prime Minister, given that her Social Democratic Party won more than a quarter of the vote and 50 out of 179 seats in Parliament, more than any other party. But while the Prime Minister will remain the same, the makeup of government will look radically different, as the incoming government breaks the traditional Danish left-right divide for the first time in more than four decades. Prime Minister Fredriksson announced that the incoming government would include her Social Democrats, the main opposition Liberal Party, which is centre-right, and the brand new Moderates, who unsurprisingly are centrist. The new government has a combined 89 seats in the 179-seat parliament. 50 belong to the Social Democrats, 23 to the Liberals, and 16 for the Moderates. This means the new government has a practical majority, as three of the four seats allocated to Greenland and the Faroe Islands are held by sister parties of the Social Democrats and Liberals. Fredriksson said the new government would have a lot of compromises, but above all, a lot of ambitions, including ensuring higher employment, more people getting work, high climate ambitions and a fairly comprehensive reform programme. The party leaders will hold a joint press conference on Wednesday to outline their broad political ideas, and then the government will be formally announced on Thursday. Now, when you consider that November's election resulted in a slim majority for Denmark's red bloc, of traditionally allied left-wing parties, the makeup of the new government may seem strange. But Fredriksson had made clear before that election that she favoured a broad coalition government, given that it was a time of international uncertainty. The emergence of the moderates as the country's third largest party also suggested Denmark was heading towards a non-traditional type of government. The party was established just this year by a former centre-right prime minister seeking to reject the traditional red versus blue bloc politics. Prior to the election, Fredriksson had been running a minority government propped up by three smaller left-of-centre support parties. One of these, the Social Liberals, had looked likely to be included in the new government, but dropped out of negotiations at the last hurdle, citing disagreement with other parties over things like climate, children and education. The party says it will act as neither an opposition or support party. So Denmark's new government will be something of an experiment. Will it usher in a new era of left-right cooperation and governance? Or will it be short-lived, with Denmark falling back into its traditional bloc politics? We'll have to wait and see. OK, so that's the biggest story of the day. But there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. The EU and Hungary have come to an agreement following a bitter dispute about a funding freeze and an aid package to Ukraine. In essence, Hungary was facing billions of euros in EU funds being frozen by Brussels over rule of law concerns. 
To gain leverage, Hungary vetoed two key proposals, one on a global corporate tax rate and another on an 18 billion euro support package for Ukraine. The measures were stalled because they require unanimous approval from EU member states. This week, though, the EU and Hungary have finally reached something of an agreement. Hungary will drop its vetoes of the two measures, while the EU has agreed to lower the amount of frozen funds from 7.5 billion euros to 6.3 billion euros, and will also unlock 5.8 billion euros in COVID-19 recovery funds for the country. But if Hungary wants to unlock these 6.3 billion euros, then it will still need to convince the rest of the EU that it has carried out key reforms to democracy and the rule of law. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Late on Monday evening, violence erupted in Brazil's capital in what some have called a botched Brazilian January the 6th. After Brazil's electoral court formally ratified the victory of left-wing Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva in October's election, supporters of Lula's opposition, incumbent Bolsonaro, began torching a number of cars and buses and blocked several roads before trying to storm the headquarters of Brazil's federal police. These tensions were further inflamed following the arrest of a pro-Bolsonaro indigenous leader on grounds of, quote, alleged anti-democratic act. Prosecutors allege that the indigenous leader attempted to incite people to try to abolish the rule of law and to impede the swearing in of the president and vice president-elect. It's that last bit in particular that many people are worried about. The incident has raised fears that Brazil could see further episodes of violence and further attempts to disrupt the transition of power from Bolsonaro to Lula ahead of Lula's inauguration. China's approach to Covid has changed rapidly in the last few weeks. We've seen the government U-turn on their zero Covid strategy. This, in turn, appears to have caused a marked uptick in the infection rate. It's been reported today that official guidance suggests that doctors and nurses who may have the disease should still turn up to work. This indicates that there may be severe shortages of members of the medical community. This is happening alongside the relaxation of restrictions on things like restaurants and other venues in the capital of Beijing and elsewhere. The government now appears to be suggesting that catching the disease is nothing to worry about. The complete opposite of what they were trying to argue mere weeks ago when the zero Covid strategy was in place. It's clear that the government has been pushed by protesters to loosen Covid restrictions sooner than they originally would have liked. In the final uplifting story today, we have a look at a revolutionary new piece of legislation passed in New Zealand. The Smoke-Free Environments Bill introduces a new system for restricting who can purchase cigarettes. This system means that anyone born after 2008 will never be able to buy cigarettes, meaning that, for example, by 2050, people who are 40 years old will be too young to be able to buy them. New Zealand's health minister, who introduced the bill, said it was a step towards a smoke-free future and that thousands of people will live longer, healthier lives, and that the health system will be 5 billion New Zealand dollars better off from not needing to treat the illnesses caused by smoking. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see the ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing, that's over on Nebula. Now might be the time to do it, as there's an offer which gets you a year of membership for less than $1 a month. That's huge because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. 
They also get access to a ton of other exclusive ad-free TLDR content, as well as videos from all your favourite creators. The good news is, like I mentioned, our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers you some of the world's best documentaries, is offering an incredible deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $12 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR content on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than a dollar a month, a deal which doesn't last long, and support the channel.